This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello, wala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. We're going to be breaking out those vocal cords because singer and vocal coach Lisa Hugo, she's back in the Pulse 95 studios and she is about to show us how singing can transform the way that we communicate, whether it's public speaking, if you're in a business setting or maybe just day to day, uh, helping you to be more confident, more creative. Do you know what your voice can do. Do you know what this incredible instrument can do? She's going to show us all of that and more next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Shasha. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Hello, hello, good morning. Welcome to a brand new week. And uh, to get us going, um, a little bit of Lisa Hugo. Lisa, welcome. Good morning, Sally. Thanks for having me on. So great to have you back. Uh, you were with us uh, a few months back on the Morning Majlis. Uh, this was when uh, Sharif Hamidi had to uh, practice uh, and and improve his vocal cords, shall we say, for his singing debut with none other than Julio Iglesias. Exactly. And I believe he did a fantastic job. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, there was all kinds of footage and, and people were, you know, going crazy for it uh, yeah. at the concert, uh, which was amazing. Um, but, you know, this is just one of the things that you do as somebody who is an incredible singer, uh, but somebody who became a voice coach as well um, because you had some uh, experiences of your own that kind of made you feel like you wanted to stop other people going through that. And that was all about, you know, getting nodules um, in your vocal cords. Tell us a bit more about that. Exactly. So it was around about the year 2000 and I was performing quite intensively in Europe and I was literally doing a six six night a week six nights shows a week and I was expected to do around five sets a night and that's pretty intense and pretty grueling for a singer and I guess I didn't like to ever say no and I just took it all on and often the atmospheres that you were performing in were extremely uh, unhealthy you know in Germany and in Europe, there's nothing known, at least in that time, as far as um, you know, no no smoking environments. Right, you know, exactly. there were really smoky clubs and, mm. and and bars, and 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 then also to be asked to do you know styles of songs and things which perhaps weren't even necessarily my style or suitable necessarily to to me and true to myself and my genre, and and then yeah, I. I just kept going and kept going late nights and and I guess you just fall into a little bit of a trap of forgetting your technique or not using your technique to its its best advantage and I I then started to lose my voice and and then the diagnosis was that I had swellings on my vocal cords purely from not being conscious enough of how I was using my voice and and also not being able to say no to certain 
engagements or, or just say, sorry, but five sets is too much. I'll do three. Because how do you even balance that as somebody who's maybe trying to forge a career? You know, that there would be singers who think, okay, I need to take whatever work I can get mm. um, and kind of balance that with the health of your voice. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess, no, in many cases, we don't think about it. We just, we, we, want, we want the job. So, mm. so we take them on mm. and, and then later on suffer the consequences, which is not good. And... My experience then led me yeah, into being very hungry for knowledge about the voice. I'd trained with some of the best teachers and singers and coaches in Australia and also in other places in the world. But I felt that I didn't really receive enough knowledge about the real essence of, of good technique to, to help me through these kinds of situations and help me to, you know... Um, understand good vocal health as well and so therefore I was hungry for knowledge and and once I overcame it, it was not a severe um, you know diagnosis and lucky I, it only took me a, a matter of weeks of vocal rest to to overcome my my issues and but that's still hard obviously when you're a singer and you're told you have to stop singing even if yeah. it's for a few weeks. Because that, that was the most frustrating part of it all. As well as also, um, it was a, it was a bit embarrassing as well. Mm. Because, you, you know, after years of performing and training and, and, you know, thinking you're good to have something happen to you, um, I found that somewhat embarrassing as well. And I had to deal with that side of it too. And hence, yeah, my thirst yeah. for knowledge. And I, I started studying... Um, intensely. So what did you discover when you started studying the, the vocal cords, the voice and, and, you know, what it was capable of and how best to take care of it? Um, I, um, I guess I just, I, I, I realized a lot of the things that I wasn't doing correctly mm. and, and things that I'd taken for granted and, and, yeah, I didn't actually have the the knowledge of the an, an anatomy as such, and even though you know my instrument was inside my body, and I think that's the thing with a singer. Singers don't really think about where is their instrument and what does their instrument look like and how does the instrument function. You know, when we learn to play the piano, you know, a good teacher will also show you the insides of the piano and they'll show you how that piano works. But singing teachers don't do that and and this is one thing I realized I didn't really know the intricacies of how my instrument worked until I really started studying it from from the inside out I love that so much because uh, you know it's something that none of us really think about and so you know you're always like you said you're taught to look inside a, another instrument a piano whatever it is to keep it tuned what you need to to do to keep it in the best shape possible exactly yeah but you're not quite taught how to do that with your voice and take care of it exactly and the, th the, the big difference between your voice and any other instrument is any other instrument if anything goes wrong with it you can you can have it repaired you can in worst case scenario it might be expensive but you could even replace it but when it comes to your voice you you know when it in that scenario, you really don't want to take that avenue. It's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable, and and you know repairs are costly. You know, could as in I'm not talking costly financially. I'm talking costly perhaps to the 
the detriment of your your vo- your voice for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And and nothing can bring that back, really. Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk next more about the instrument that is the voice. Uh, what's going on there in inside the body, and how we can actually uh, harness that to communicate and to even maybe sing in the most beautiful way possible. Lisa, do you want to give us a, a few bars of um, why you're so amazing at what you do? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'll just sing a little bit of something that just suddenly comes from my head, okay? <clears throat> when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> if you didn't just wake up and start your Sunday on the best note possible, then I think, you know, Lisa, Lisa, oh my gosh, that voice, unbelievable. And that's why we've got her in the studio. More Thank on Life Beats with Thank her you, next. You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We're back with Lisa Hugo, the incredible voice and voice coach, uh, somebody who um, really knows how uh, to work those incredible vocal cords, uh, as we just heard uh, before the break. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I always think about those singers, uh, Lisa, who do their residencies at at like, you know, Las Vegas or wherever it is, and they're singing every single night. Or if you've got a musical, for example, that's going on for months and months and months, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you do that? How do you bring that out every night? And sometimes it's more than once a day that you've got to perform, right? Yeah, that's true. In musicals, you might be doing eight, nine shows a week and singing exactly the same Songs, same repertoire. And and people expect you to have that power and to, you know, to hit those notes perfectly every single time. Yeah, exactly. So th- there's so many aspects to this. You know, it's about having that confidence, as, obviously, as a performer. Is everybody who's, you know, a great performer on stage, are they all, you know, not battling any nerves? Or do you know of performers who still have nerves when they go up on stage? Uh, I, think, I think every performer has a certain amount of nerves it's how you handle your nerves yeah and whether the nerves actually work against you or whether they work for you in, as a sense of adrenaline rush and an excitement that that you have when you go out on stage so how do you do that how do you turn what might be you know anxious nerves into something that is going to propel you um you know to to uh to perform better rather than something that's going to inhibit you and stop you from doing what you need to do? Well, it's a lot to do with experience. The more experience you get, the more composed you are, I guess, and the better you are at handling your nerves. And I guess the more uh, you, you believe that you're good and the, belief that you, and the more engagements you get, the more that you know that you're good at what you do, mm. so you have the confidence to be where you are. Mm. And and it's a rebound, you know, a, a situation. And then also your technique and and understanding how to keep your nerves at bay as well, calming your nerves through good breathing techniques and 
and taking that moment before you go on stage to just center yourself and 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 calm you know your thoughts and um, it's like kind of meditation getting yourself yeah. in in the role if you're going out to play a role and so in terms of uh, the voice say I come to you and I'm a singer and I want you know to really um, take you know my voice to the next level but I, I want to perform and I want to do all kinds of things. What would be your advice? What are the kind of things that you would take me through to make sure that I, uh, like you said earlier, understood the anatomy uh, of my voice and also understood how to best take care of it and how to get the most out of it without damaging it? Okay. I talk about three key elements to the voice that we work on to to develop and um, improve the instrument. And you have a generator, Mm -hmm. something which is going to, first of all, create your sound. We have a vibrator, something which vibrates to initiate that sound, create that sound. And then we have resonators, which after that sound is created, we can enhance the sound by knowing how to direct the sound into certain cavities and spaces in our bodies to enrich the sound and the quality. And so I would work through this process with you over a, a period of a certain amount of sessions, weeks, until you start to understand uh, all of those um, elements to your voice and how to manage them and and be in control of them. So your generator is your breathing. Okay. Vibration is your vocal cords and your resonators are all the spaces that we have from from the moment the, the vocal cord from the vocal cords up the top of your your vocal tract, your um, your sinus cavities and the back area of the throat, um, the nasal pharynx, the and and the, the pharynx at the back of the mouth, all these spaces which we can then open up and increase in size and know how to direct certain vowels. To, to certain areas. We've got closed vowels, we've got open vowels and just knowing where to place these vowels to get maximum effect. Keeping the throat open, keep the tongue relaxed. Oh, man, I'm getting into it. There's a lot of things involved. I love that. I love that there's, you know, all of these elements that you've got to think about and of course it always starts with the breathing. How should you be breathing? Take us through that. Oh, right, okay. Um, your chest shouldn't lift. Your mm. shoulders shouldn't lift. And I have the sensation is like you're breathing through a straw and you'll have actually the feeling that you're breathing into your stomach mm-hmm. and that is how we get the sense of diaphragmatic breathing the diaphragm will drop down and allow the lungs to fill down deeply and and then on the intake of the air the stomach should expand and on the exhale the stomach will contract and then when we're really using the voice to to actually, uh, sorry, using the breath to support the voice, Mm -hmm. then we're really starting to use the abdominal muscles to actually control the outflow of that air so that it has a support mechanism for your vocal cords and the vocal vibration and function. Wow. That's just so... Shall we just do it? (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Let's put it into practice. So we get the breath in and actually, you know, one of the ways I find actually best is not to even so much think about the intake of your air, but everybody has a little bit of breath in the body. Using that breath that you've got without actually taking a deep breath in, just exhale on a shh. 
What you should feel is instantly your abdominal muscles start to grip and yep. contract. Yep, that's what I'm feeling. To exhale that air. Shh. Ooh. Yeah. You Hello. felt it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then if you do that again, the minute you have just finished with that bit of air and that muscle contraction that you just felt, just allow it to relax again and you should feel the breath just automatically restores itself right back to the diaphragm again or right down low. We're not actually breathing into the diaphragm, but the diaphragm is dropping and relaxing and allowing the breath to come down deep. Wow. And then we can use the diaphragmatic muscles as well as some of the other abdominal muscles to control the exhale. Okay. All right. And so uh, after you get your breathing uh, into gear, uh, because that's going to be powering everything that's coming out of you, we're moving on to the vibrator. Is that right? The vibrator, yeah. All right. Hold that thought. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound right. I'm sorry, everybody. But yes, what, what's called? The vibration of <laughs> the, the vocal cords. The vibration of the vocal yes. cords. That, that's what we're getting to, Okay. Um, and we're also going to be hearing from somebody that actually um, you don't train kids anymore, uh, but we want to. We're going to be hearing from somebody that you actually trained, um, who got the gold buzzer on Arabs Got Talent, I believe. Yes, yeah, she's a real special, special case, I, um, a special talent. I'm very proud of her. She's dedicated, hardworking, and uh, and Iman Biasha that I work with twice a week. Oh, wow. That's coming up next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Don't go anywhere. This is Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. All right, so we are joined by Lisa Hugo today and she's teaching us all about the voice and how to best use it. And you were telling us about the three different parts of uh, using your voice. And uh, the first one that we went through was the generator and that's all about learning how to breathe properly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second of all is the vibrator. What (laughs) on earth does that mean before we get lots of texts, Lisa? (laughs) The vibration of the vocal cords. To create sound, something has to vibrate. Mm -hmm. And so in our body, it's the, the vocal cords, they come together and then it's the the airflow which connects with the vocal cords which creates vibration and that creates sound and that's how we create our voices so that's where our voice comes from yeah right and from there and in order for that vibration to to be relaxed and and natural and and rich and full we need to make sure that all the muscles in the throat, in the external muscles around the throat, stay completely relaxed, including the tongue. The tongue can be a real um, inhibitor when it comes to singing. We need it for diction, but we don't need it to actually create sound. And a lot of people try and use the tongue to actually control the larynx when they're going up to the high notes. The tongue actually pulls on the larynx. The tongue goes all the way down and connects into your um, into the laryngeal area and when we tense the tongue it pulls on the larynx as well and creates tension and and inhibits our natural vocal function okay all right i didn't even realize that it was such a problem <laughs> the tongue <laughs> but apparently we never think about apparently yeah. it is yeah the tongue the tongue is a big problem for a lot of people when they're singing okay all right mm-hmm. and so the best use of uh, uh, of that would be uh, how would you control that 
learning to completely relax the tongue into the bottom of the mouth. We do tongue exercises. I'm not going to do those ones on air. <laughs> and to, to help people to, to get any tension out of the back area of the tongue and uh, even, yeah, the front area, all, all areas of the tongue, basically. But they're not pretty exercises. I have some on YouTube if anybody wants to have a look at them. <laughs> I'll my daughter's on. actually said to me, Mom, you're not putting that on YouTube. That's oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, you got to put yourself out there. That's the thing with, with singing. <laughs> you got to get – you. it seems really silly, but you got to do it. And I may sing soon, so just brace yourselves, okay? Um, so okay. then you've got – Resonance. The resonance, you yeah. resonator. Exactly. Now, we've got lots of lovely spaces and cavities in the body where the sound will naturally start to amplify. Now, if you're singing, let's say – um, if I'm singing with no resonance and I'm not using my spaces, I'm just going, ah, it doesn't sound very good. Yeah. So I'm not opening up the spaces and I'm not allowing that sound to travel into my resonance cavities. But if I start opening up my nasal pharynx, ah, it sounds quite different because wow. I'm actually opening up the space and sending that sound more into into my resonance cavities that 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 the difference between those two demonstrations that you just did actually you know there's a huge difference there yeah we can it one simple little tweak can make a massive difference to the sound quality of your voice wow this is amazing stuff um and what's interesting is we talked about this just before the break but you know a lot of singers they have to learn this but um you don't uh, do uh uh, training with kids anymore but there was somebody really special who you actually um, did train um, tell me about her Iman yeah when I say I don't coach sing, uh, young kids um, I'll, I'll coach the occasional special special talent or a special um, case let's say that that is uh, provided to me or um, and Iman is one of them Iman is the winner of um Arab's Got Talent from 2017. She actually got the gold buzzer. And she'd had no formal training at that particular point in time. And it was after that she'd won the show that it was then recommended that she she then follow through with vocal coaching. And uh, she um, she came to me. I was, recommended, uh, I was recommended to her family as a coach. And um, we started working together, uh, I guess, one and a half, nearly one and a half years ago. And twice a week, she's been coming for sessions. And what I love about her, at the age of, she's 10 years old, and she's completely dedicated, passionate, knows already that this is her career, what she wants to do with her life. And and it's not something which is pushed on her by the parents. It's something which um, she she's 100%, you know, knows what she wants. And, and she puts that time and the effort and the practice into getting the results. And the results are incredible. What did you see when she's got an unbelievable voice, which we're going to hear in just a moment. But what did you see were some of the things that she actually needed to work on when she came to you? Her breathing. She was very, very shallow in her breathing. So, And if, if anybody wants to go and, and watch any of her footage, then you would see dramatic results from the time that she actually won Arabs Got Talent. She was uh, very shallow breathing. You could hear all the breathing and and it was also um, inhibiting, I guess, her ability to stay calm. And um, you know, she was almost at the end of the songs, quite exhausted because mm. the breath was not controlled. And and also, there was a lot of 
unnatural vibrato in the voice because there was a lack of breath support. And that was the very first thing that we worked on was grounding her breathing. And then also she had some tongue issues as well. The tongue, she was using the tongue as a constrictor to help her to reach the high notes. So eliminating that tongue tension just opened up those high notes in a completely new way for her. Wow. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear Iman's voice? We're going to hear <laughs> from Iman uh, right now. This is uh, Iman Besha, uh, who you trained after she got the golden buzzer, after she won Arabs Got Talent in 2017. the incredible voice there of Iman Besha, uh, 10 years old, yeah. um, opera singer. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's she's a special talent. Those high notes, how on earth does she sustain them and just she's do them? She's a good technique. <laughs> it's just impeccable. It's just breathtaking. How do, you, how do you have a voice like that at 10 years of age? I mean, is it really just from copying, you know, opera singers and how do you do that? Uh, I guess it's a mix. Uh, she certainly has, it has to always be a mix of talent 
your influences and your passion and love for something. Mm. And it's clear that she has that. Mm. Um, and is she somebody who just wants to become an opera singer? I mean, th- this is a voice and a name I feel like we have to look out for. I think so. I think a lot of people are, she has quite a lot, a big following. Mm. And and I recommend people watch out for her. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, what is your advice, Lisa, to maybe others who, uh, parents who have kids who might have like a, 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 a kid with special talents for singing um i know that she got quite a a lot of backlash as well people saying you know a child shouldn't be singing at this age you know the vocal cords are still developing it's not that they shouldn't be singing but uh the style of music that she's singing there's a lot of people who will contradict what she's you know the style and the high notes and the way she's singing Mm. that it isn't good for a young child's voice I personally think, I mean, I see her every day. I see how she sings with such ease. I don't see any problems with it as long as she has good guidance. And, you know, she's doing it in a in a healthy way. And there's no strain, no stress on the vocal cords. Then there's no problem with it. Yeah. It's something which is, it comes easily to her. It may not come easily to the next person, but for her, it comes easily. Mm-mm-mm. So it, it's something that, you know, you can, if you're a parent, if your child really wants to sing, it's something that they can, of course, do. Um, but, you know, like you say, as a voice coach, um, just to be aware of, of the fact that those vocal cords are still developing and growing. Yes, nurture it and find somebody good who can also support you there with uh, with good guidance. All right, so for those of us who are not quite as good as Iman um, and <laughs> <laughs> maybe want to do a bit of singing to encourage us in other areas, maybe in public speaking, getting some confidence, being a bit more creative, you know, changing our state because, um, you know, if you want to uh, change yourself, if you want to achieve something uh, better and and different even, you have to change your physical state. And singing does that so well, doesn't it? It, it does. Everybody tells me, you know, that singing puts me in such a good mood and it, it gives me confidence. It makes me feel great. <laughs> and why not? Yeah. All right. Are you going to take us through some things that you do, you know, because you do groups you do uh, individuals as well. Um, you use singing exercises to help them break through uh, other barriers. So, are you gonna correct? Are you singing? Are you singing to uh, singing exercises to help people also to improve their voices, also for speaking, mm. and and that helps to strengthen the vocal cords. It helps to improve on the breathing techniques. It helps to to improve on your range, your pitch, in, in, increase your melody. When you know people get stuck in a monotone voice, or they're only using a certain limited amount of notes in their range, then when we start doing singing exercises, that's taking them right out of their comfort zone, increasing the vocal range beyond where they're they're used to speaking and stretching the vocal cords. Why do we need to be more melodic in the way that we speak? Well, people judge us the minute we open our mouths to speak Mm. people you know um they they will make a judgment within a matter of seconds whether or not they like you they trust you and they believe what it is that you have to say Mm. and if you have a nasal sounding voice (laughs) or a really croaky voice or you know a a voice that's i'm really breathy and if you're really breathy then people might not really take you seriously so the tone and the quality of your voice really 
uh, describes, you know, how people will perceive you. All right. Very, very quickly. And they will make judgments. Unfortunately, people make judgments very, very quickly. That's right. So you've got to be ready. You've got to know how to control that voice of yours. And I know that some people, they're just really high pitched and they don't know how to kind of, you know, uh, speak, I guess, from the chest or, you know, just to bring that tone right down because exactly. that can change things a lot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a lot of women they they still get stuck in that really <laughs> cute voice because when they were younger, people told them they were so cute, and then they never actually lower that voice back down again. So they stay high even <laughs> when they become an adult. <laughs> All right, so you're going to do some um, vocal singing exercises with me now. Um, okay, tell me what we're going to do and why we're going to do it first. Okay. I'm going to get Sally singing. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> All right. This is a, a little exercise I'll do in a group setting and just to get everybody working together, singing together, feeling good about themselves and, and also understanding a bit about rhythm. And they don't have to think too much. It's more I'll sing something first and you're going to basically call an answer. You're going to repeat it back to me. I'm going to mirror you. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. I'm going to get a little rhythm going. So I'm beating on my chest and clicking. I don't know if you can hear this over the mic. Can you hear that? Yep, we can hear it. Okay. So I'm going to sing something and you're just going to repeat it in the rhythm. Here we go. Hey. 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 Let's try that one again. <laughs> I can feel that I'm supposed to be breathing differently. Hey. Try this also at home or in your car or when you're driving along. Or you can just, you know, make fun of me trying to do it. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's a bit low. (laughs) Let's do that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. Oh my gosh, Yay, Sally. I had to go real low for that one. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when you do that in a group setting, uh, what happens? What's the aim of the exercise? It's just getting. Uh, I use it as a bit of an icebreaker, getting everybody singing together, getting a rhythm going, Gets you starting loose. to feel good about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And then it kind of just, you know, makes you think, okay, what am I capable of? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because you, you've just kind of taken us in all kinds of um, different pitches and tonalities yeah. and, and you have to breathe from a whole lot of different places to get that, that sound. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Sort of warming your voice up. We get the cobwebs off the voice, get the little croaks and cracks. And that's what warm-ups are all about as well. You don't expect during your warm-up that your voice is going to sound amazing from the very beginning. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing. We're, we're getting the blood pumping to the vocal cords and getting, getting it warmed up. Oh, my gosh. That's just a little taste of uh, what Lisa does every single day, uh, which is amazing stuff. I think we've learned so much, Lisa. Thank you so much. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, And uh, there's going to be a podcast uh, of everything that we talked about today uh, that's going to be available on LifeBeats on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Really interesting stuff. Um, And would love for you to come back again, Lisa. Anytime. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was brilliant. Coming up next on LifeBeats, we're going to be celebrating the life of uh, U.S. poet Mary Oliver. Uh, Do you remember this line? Tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? 
We're going to be talking Mary Oliver next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.